welcome to the Honestly Fair podcast. I'm Caroline. And I'm Rebecca. And I'm Andrea. Woo! Yay! Finally, Andrea's voice on the podcast. Yeah, finally, Andrea <laughs> is here. It was a little high-pitched, but this is what I sound like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. And this week, we're going to have some conversation about uh, kind of artist practice, and we're just going to have Andrea here as our special guest mm-hmm. and find where it goes. And we're going to start off with our first segment, as usual. Uh, what are you drinking? What are you guys drinking? We're <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, me and Caroline are about to take uh, some shots of tequila. <laughs> so we're going to do that for yeah. you right now. Okay. Um, we can, should we t- we'll say a little bit about, about what uh, tequila, tequila is, uh, Caroline? I, I pronounce it Calzadores. There's not even an L there. Calzadores? Casadores. 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 There you go. Casadores. Andrea's got the right accent for it. I do I not. Do. It's a res, res, resposado. How do you say it? <laughs> Tequila reposado. Reposado. What does that mean? It means it's uh, not a blanco and it's not um, the other one. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> There's like a darker <laughs> age one. It's and, and uh, not antihito. That is not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got really close. Oh my god. Um, it's, there's like another, there's a darker one. So it's like the medium of the three like mm-hmm. ages of tequila. Yeah, I don't know much it's about It's a medium roast. It's a medium roast. <laughs> oh my God, don't kill me. <laughs> so we're going to take. Says the barista. Uh, yeah. Some shots of tequila because that's yeah, what kind of day it is. it's a good one. Yeah, um, apparently this is a quite a good tequila. Mm. I've never been a connoisseur of tequila, but uh, yeah, I've been liking it. It's 100% agave, so it's got that good good. That good good. That good good. Right, let's take a shot. You guys. That's some good tequila. <laughs> and Andre has orange juice. Orange juice? Orange juice I brought some orange juice just to sippy sip after, you know, so you, people don't smell so much tequila on your breath. And I'm drinking orange pico. <laughs> and Rebecca mm-hmm. is taking it chill. Taking Essentially it chill. the same thing. Essentially. <laughs> same speed. You know what they yeah. say about orange pico? It's the tequila of tea. Orange pico. <laughs> Fuck me up. Mm-hmm. It's when you want to go hard. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was a good shot, Tequila. So we wanted to kind of open up. We're going to have more of a, like, a free-flowing discussion base. Do you want to talk about, like, why you want to talk about this? Like, who came and visited our warehouse today? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to name drop. Do you want, I don't know. Like, we had an artist come in, and it was just nice to have um, people... To talk to about <laughs> come like, visit us at our warehouse. Yeah, I mean we we don't have too many art visitors. I mm-hmm. feel like it's you know we'll have friends over and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's but it's nice, nice to, to have an artist come visit. Yeah, exactly. And like an artist that doesn't work here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and and someone who's a little who's a little bit more experienced. So it's just kind of nice to like you know kind of ask them what how they've you know. Mm-hmm. Gone yeah. about doing their stuff and what they think about things, and we just—I don't know—we started having a small conversation, like just very briefly, about why people are making art. Because it, I find that it can be quite intimidating at mm-hmm. first, like mm-hmm. especially right after graduating. Um, and feeling it's such a, like a daunting question. Like yeah. it's the yeah, question you, you hate. Yeah, that your advice. cousins and your parents ask you. Yeah, they're oh like, "Why are you bothering?" The school doing asks you. They ask you yeah. to make your bio, like find yeah, out the, it's a lot. Like mm-hmm. the themes that you're working when, with. Um, My themes change every month. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. month to month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the thing. Is like you. There's this kind of like pressure to. Define um, yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit. 
Um, but then, you know, also, like, there was, we, we were talking about questions of being, like, genuine, mm-hmm. like, genuine about your art making. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whether you're making things that are, like, just to fit in a gallery mm-hmm. setting, things that are easily consumable, or um, whether it's something that, you know, you're making for yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if that sounds too, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, self-indulgent. Whether you're making something, like... Oh, but I think if you're, like approaching a painting like oh how can I hang this in this specific gallery like how can I paint this so it would look good in the AGO like mm-hmm. that kind of taints it so it's not it's best work it's mm-hmm. like it's made specifically which is different than like site specific work <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah but totally at the same agree. time you have to think about this questions if you want your stuff yeah, to, to make be it in a gallery mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? no for sure and me and Caroline were just talking about a piece that I want to do um, I wanted to color match my skin and then paint my stairs that color. But because I'm a white lady, I can't ever put that in a gallery because mm-hmm. that'd just be literally white people taking up more space. Like, the the mm-hmm. literal... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And about whiteness. And about whiteness. Mm-hmm. But, like, me putting it on my own stairs is kind of, like, a weird kind of self-deprecating joke. Like, I'm literally walking all over myself, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I thought was funny. Yeah, it's like... Or your that, skin tone, you're dirtying it up. Yeah, I'm dirtying well. it up and, and think, aging it. Well, yeah, and there's something, like, there's also, like, a lot of, like, um, connotations to, like, that word. Like, calling, like, people of color dirty. Oh, you know, yeah. oh, I don't like that. Yeah, well, now no, I can't do it anymore. It's heavy. It's heavy. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's a, a, even in like Spanish, like saying like someone's sucio, like saying that they're dirty. dirty yeah. Like it, it, it's referencing like the darkness of the color. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. It's a little, well, I mean, it's, it, I think it's, it has historical. It ha- yeah. yeah, and, yeah. It, and it translates to English in other ways based on the color of your skin, saying mm-hmm. they're darker. So they're not as clean. They're not as pure. They're, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. tainted, right? Yeah. I think that's that's kind of odd, you know. Well, like, like pure as milk and like all mm-hmm. those thinking yeah. as like white, the white race as like the pure race, as, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, kind of like Nazi as Nazi as. There's a little mm. sprinkle of Nazi in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate it when people do that and you're like, you make something. Well, there's like, I never there's of that of rule that's like you can ask a hundred questions and everyone will end up back at Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you ask enough questions, you get back to Hitler. You were like, oh, I had that piece where it was, uh, Martin said, um, the African... Uh, diaspora. D- yeah, and I was like, oh, that really I saw it right away. As soon as Martin was like, African diaspora, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, and I was like... It just had, um... Just the colors of it were very like reminiscent. Of it was oh, the yeah. themes of the African yeah. diaspora. Yeah, because it was the dark. It was like a dark. It's like your two... the colors of your rain stick. Remember, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. it's very reminiscent mm-hmm. of like uh, certain tribes' arts in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It must be a specific the, region, but I can't. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, the colors. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see it. I was like, ah. Uh, mm-hmm. He tried to warn me too. I think in one of my in one of my talks, I was like, crap. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> Shit, I have to talk. <laughs> but that for can't myself. fit in, in a gallery space anymore. Mm-hmm, like exactly. So, like, you have to make things for a gallery in a, aware that other people are going to be seeing them. So, like, yeah. if I painted my stairs white, like, really no one besides the people I'm close to are going to see it. It's not in a public space. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have any, like, really big political repercussions. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I, like, right. made a big thing out of it. But I just like the idea of color matching funny things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially to your your own body. Yeah, yeah I like the idea of like my body and color matching, but it gets problematic when mm-hmm. it's when well, it's I about race. It, like for you especially, it's about like the the ways to measure your body. Yeah, like, not just in like length and width and the circumference, but like the color, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the tone, like the texture. Yeah, That's interesting. and 
Uh, I also wanted, so, like, kind of transitioning, because, like, Andrea, like, I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with your practice, but you, you do a lot of text work mm-hmm. about, um, like, you can talk about it. Uh, you can talk about it. Talk You're about sitting it. right here. Please tell us I about your practice. I think she just doesn't want to offend me. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it, it tends to be text-based. There is a lot of, like, you know, conversation. There's a lot of dialogue happening. Um, it is very, like... Um, confession like based very uh, personal and autobiographical um, and yeah there's it it does kind of like reference my own life it, sometimes very specifically sometimes not so much um, but yeah it's it, there there are pieces that definitely have like a lot of weight to them mm-hmm. like in terms of like the human experience I think mm-hmm. um, and like more recently specifically about like um, loss and mourning and grief and stuff like that. So, yeah, they can definitely hit pretty hard. And I, and there was something, um, actually, I, this might have been how we started the conversation earlier, where I was saying, you know, like, the the work that I was making was it was very important to me, um, like as a like cathartic release and mm-hmm. something that was really helping me process like that loss. Um, but then I also was afraid that if I kept doing it, that, like, it would seem ungenuine and it would mm. seem like I was taking advantage yeah. of that, like, emotion. Um, and I didn't, I, I don't know, that was something I was also struggling with. Like, I didn't want to be, like, the one that was just, like, using that. Yeah. But yeah. We're talking about, like, time, exploiting, because yeah. yeah. grief is, like, a big thing. Yeah. Right? So it's, like, mm-hmm. exploiting grief isn't good but how, well, how do you separate that when your practice is cathartic yeah, yeah. Or, or very autobiographical before yeah. that even yeah, yeah. Like with I your work that, as well like, yeah. I think that you, in your practice I wouldn't feel guilty or feel like you're using it because your work is already autobiographical mm-hmm. it'd be different if you were a color field painter and mm-hmm. then like you had a big loss and then you like milk that till kingdom come and I, I was mm-hmm. going to use a very specific one but uh, like if you suffered like a a big tragedy that was, like, in the news especially. I feel like a lot of people feel really bad about using that. But if your work is already autobiographical, mm-hmm. like, it's going to be in there no matter what. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're talking about, so, like, the purpose of, like, the... Not so much, like... Because I, I think those are also difference between, like, the artist making the work and then the work itself. Yeah. Like, I think there's a purpose for... The artwork itself would have a different purpose than the artist's purpose for making the work. Oh, yeah, 100%. So that comes up of, in my practice a lot. Yeah, I think that's very interesting, um, too, because, like, you were saying, which I thought was really interesting, about your wall drawing and, like, it you wanting it to be seen before moving forward. Yeah. And, like, about that that element of the, your, your process within your work, which I think is very interesting because it's very different than my practice, mm-hmm. which is, like, kind of keep doing things and then kind of self-assess and then continue Mm -hmm. because the work for me, it's uh, generative of itself. And so it doesn't to keep the the generator going. You don't need so much. It can be self-generating or it can Mm -hmm. be outside generating. And I like it being self-generating because I think the practice is more for me than it is for an outside viewer. I just find that someone will walk up to my work that I've never seen before. Like Playing the deep moisture video for other people really helped me understand why I made it. Mm-hmm. Because watching people's reactions was just gold. Yeah, just yeah. Just gold. Like, your one friend came up to mm-hmm. me and was like, why? Why <laughs> yeah. did you do this? Yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome. And before, I thought it was gross, and I thought it was kind of abject. But, like, seeing people's, like, actual reactions to it was very different. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. seeing people, like, we had some visitors come into the studio, and they were kind of tilting their heads at my wall drying. And I just said, it's produce. And they all went... 
Oh, <laughs> and knowing that people don't know what it is right away is nice. And mm. also the teeth drawings, people didn't really know what it was right away. And I like that. But that's mm-hmm. how I know it's successful or not. Because I've looked at it so long that yeah. I won't know if it's successful just staring mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. other people who are, like, unsuspecting yeah. to see it. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely and important to, like, define the success of the work. And, like, yeah, yeah like, I think it's important to get feedback. Um, but I think thinking about feedback and thinking about reception then kind of reflects interestingly on about, again, about, like, what what is the... Terrible question, but like, what What's is the, the point? purpose? Like, <laughs> especially like, like, um, being out of school and like not yeah. having, like, you're not working There's towards no a degree anymore. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like this slow. I mean, Toro is like a slow cook, like it's a slow stewing of yeah, your we practice were, now. <laughs> we were saying that, like, the you know, getting into, like having art as something you're like doing as a part of your life and career, like mm-hmm. it takes time. You have to slowly go about it you might lose money doing mm-hmm. it at oh, 100%. Uh, always lose money <laughs> always, always going to happen but you have to keep doing it um mm-hmm. and for it to you know kind of take off and for people to take it seriously I think mm-hmm. um and then that's that's also something I was kind of thinking about is like you know like if you try and like cater your work to like a gallery or to something that is easily consumed mm-hmm. like you know but like it takes it, it a little mm-hmm. bit you know and I think you can tell when artists yeah. are doing yeah. that there's a couple of artists that have graduated where I'm like I can't yeah. I can't mm-hmm. look at your work anymore <laughs> yeah and that ties into with this other theme we were talking a little bit about was like this poeticized romanticization oh. of the artist's mm-hmm. role which is interesting when you then combine that with like what why do you make art and then there's yeah. like this idea. well that's what we were talking about in the last podcast yeah. like people doing it for status and mm-hmm. people doing it for like the title rather than mm-hmm. a genuine interest in the artwork yeah. I know but then we were also talking about how like how people can stereotype artists mm-hmm. as like poetic geniuses um, yeah or like people who like Who's your life passion is your work your entire like your entire being is about your work um you like you have no other like driving force it's like your work like you're you're in your studio yeah. doing your stuff you well, know um and then like and I think it comes from like also a place of wanting artwork to be genuine mm-hmm. where it like needs to be like this your passionate person yeah, yeah but I think very romantic mm-hmm. it's super romantic and it's funny that you say that because um my partner is an actor and he says he gets super annoyed when he goes to acting parties um, yeah. and all they do is talk about acting yeah. and he's like oh my god like do you not talk about anything else mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. funny because I said to him like that's the opposite at art parties usually we end up making art or like doing stupid other things mm-hmm. and talk about art like a little bit mm-hmm. but like even when I'm hanging out with artists that I've just gotten to know or artists that are more established like I ended up talking to a really cool artist that came to our last party about candles for an hour yeah. instead yeah. of like her yeah. practice. <laughs> okay, but when when it comes to talking about not artists and they start out asking, like if you mention you're an artist. Oh yeah, then sometimes Lord. I'll avoid telling people. I I'm never an tell people at parties I'm an artist because yeah. they start thinking of like you as this stereotyped like person. Yeah, right. It's annoying. Yeah, it's very frustrating, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the thing. It's where. Where Do you think actors and musicians get the same <laughs> treatment? Oh, well, I guess musicians, I have a guitar. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. Probably. Dance, monkey, dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> something. Can you sing? Sing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sing 
for me right now. Sing for like, me. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it might be slightly different because I feel like there is, like, for a musician, it's like, oh, do your party trick. Like, people yeah. want you to do something. Where it's like, and if you're an actor, people are like, that's cool. Like, do you know what movies? You, yeah. Like, I know movies. We have this in common. But if you're a visual artist, like, People are like, yeah, they're like, oh, you must be like Andy Warhol and have this crazy persona. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, maybe that's just because me, but um, (laughs) that's who I am. (laughs) But Carolyn, you're wearing pants covered in paint and a shirt that I made in my studio. So like, you're the artsiest, fartsiest mofo (laughs) to make this town. Oh, come on. It's called out. Mm -hmm. Caroline's outfit always gets called out on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's uh, honestly fair. Slash (laughs) chirp Caroline on what she wears. (laughs) Um, But but yeah. We also mentioned the fact that, like, this idea of romanticization of, like, the artist's life Mm -hmm. is different for when it comes to males and females. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Women are supposed to be, like, tragic and men are supposed to be a genius, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what I also thought was interesting is, like, so... You had that antidote. Oh, my God. So this happened to me um, probably a couple weeks ago. I was out with a friend, um, and we were at a bar. Uh, Mind you, this is in uh, a city where there aren't very many uh, people from the ages of 19 to 25, let's say. All gone. None of them are there. Don't even bother. Um, So it was just us, really, at a bar, and, like, older, older folks. Older gentlemen. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially older gentlemen. One particularly older gentleman um, came up to us thinking, you know, like, he was very friendly. He was very nice. He thought, thought, no, no, he thought we were a couple. Mm, We were not. We were just catching up. But he was, like... Um, kind of asking us about our lives and saying, like, sure. oh, you guys are really cute, like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, he asked me, like, oh, so, like, what are you doing? Like, what do you do? Like, where do you live? And I was like, oh, I live in Toronto. I have a studio there. And he says, oh, so you're an artist. Oh, cool, blah, blah, blah. So talk, you know, having that standard sure. conversation. Mm-hmm. What do you make? Oh, not really the norm. Oh, so what do you mean? Uh, like, audio, like, text, installation, yeah. text, mm-hmm. video. And they're like, Oh, and then they start blazing over yeah a little yeah. bit and that's when he turned over to my friend and he's yeah. like so what do you do um and he's like oh like i'm in environmental science and environmental engineering and then he literally goes like oh so like you're gonna buy the house and oh she's gonna God. paint the house and i was like i get that all the time kill me yeah um Ooh. yeah not a good feeling no, um no. being like in that position where like he thinks of me as like you know this this artist who like I can yeah like I make this art because it's my passion and like uh, it's not because of a career it's because like no. someone else can assuming that you're that not art. motivated and yeah. yeah or that like art is a side project and like mm-hmm. I was saying that it's like funny that like so I think it comes from like this historic thing where it's like if women made art like um, Bertha Morisot Morisot the like mm-hmm. um. Like a, she was a impressionist, mm-hmm. and she did like home, like she did paintings of like um, home scenes and interior scenes and like women in spaces, and like she was able to do that because she was affluent and because it was her hobby, basically. Mm-hmm. So they're like, it's cool. You can be an artist if it's your hobby. If it's like yeah. you're like, it's a cute thing for women to do. It's, it's like something to occupy their thing. time. Yeah, like mm-hmm. cute fun thing women can do with some paintings if they like. But if a man does it, it's a career. It's a career. It's he can be a renaissance man. He can do mm-hmm. anything because he can do it. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting as, like, yeah, so it's, like, yeah, you're, like, this passionate person. Yeah, that, that's like, the same for, like, we were arguing um, at our day job about how women, uh, 
are 50% of the population but aren't weren't as prominent mm-hmm. at the Oscars. And then our friend said to us, well, you don't see many women pl- plumbers. I'm like, that's the point. Like, women mm-hmm. aren't encouraged to go into any job force. So yeah, like, yeah. holy fuck. <laughs> and his argument was, I'm like, women are 50% of the population. Why aren't we 50% of actors? Then he mm-hmm. brought up the plumber example. I'm like, you just brought up, like, the, the main problem here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Women's labor isn't seen as, um, like worth anything yeah so yeah. You, they don't need to be paid like it's mm-hmm. cute if i can fix a toilet yeah or, mm-hmm. but i shouldn't be paid for it yeah yeah, exactly. yeah or some like or it's assumed that like somebody else like had taught you had taught me yeah, not because was it was like yeah like not because you wanted to like pursue it as a career yeah. but because oh it's just like a handy skill I yeah know. and that's mm-hmm. the same thing for painting like oh what a nice skill she has yeah mm-hmm. a little bit or I th- and i think like that's where this kind of like strange i don't know this strange feeling of, like, being kind of stuck in this place where, yeah, like, I want to be perceived as, like, a genuine artist who, like, cares about their work, but I don't mm-hmm. want to be seen as, like, an artist who is, like, also, like, also doesn't have the rest of their life to... Well, I think you need do. to have a rest yeah. of your life to make work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was talking to um, someone who I was installing with before, and he was saying, like, yeah, I don't want to have a day job so that I can focus more on my practice. I'm like, for me, it's the day jobs and the volunteer gigs that I get that help me. Like, as I was folding pamphlets at the Gladstone, I came up with the idea for the pasta-making video because mm-hmm. it was that repetitive action of folding pamphlets over mm-hmm. and over and over. And it was the table that I was sitting at. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a really cool angle and, like, it's a really cool mm-hmm. height. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that if I was just sitting at home <laughs> yeah. in my studio or, like, when I'm uh, washing dishes at work. Like, I am thinking about my practice as I'm making something still, yeah, as I'm yeah. being productive, I need something to mindlessly be productive at so mm-hmm. that I can daydream about my work. Mm-hmm. You can't do that when you're sitting at home because you're just anxious, yeah. tapping your pen. You're like, <laughs> oh my God, why aren't I making things? Why aren't I making things? Why aren't mm-hmm. I making things? Mm-hmm. And like also going back to, because I think that your, your point in the very beginning about art parties, about artists, uh-huh. about candles, I think artists have such a weird variety of interests. Oh yeah. Like visual artists are like have into so many things. Like, they're like, oh, and you're like, well, what are you doing for your practice? You're like, you know, I'm fucking reading about, like, you know, 18th century, you know, woodworking. Why? <laughs> or, like, why are you reading about, you know, just read about the random things. Yeah. Sometimes we're into, like, writers, too, that, like, research random mm. things. So, like, just not even just for background, but just because they're, like... Just to generate ideas. Yeah. Like, like, even like, if you read one word in this weird text about candle making, mm-hmm. that helps you, like, maybe the tr- the practice of like dipping something you end up like dipping yeah. something over and over in your practice like or making sausages like mm-hmm. cooking really influences my work in the yeah. sense that I do it but that's because I, I cook and all my metaphors surrounding my art are all cooking metaphors yeah <laughs> 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 no. Oh, no and eating too because Oh, yeah, and eating. God, yeah. yeah, and then no, I was. What was earlier. I doing? Didn't we already discuss this? I, I was. Is Caroline not there? Oh, oh my god! So I'm gonna make a piece where. Okay, click click. Yeah, no one likes that. <laughs> so I'm going to make I a piece like where uh, we have these big glass tabletops, and I just want to, like, chomp on them for as long as... So, like, that can. one... What's that famous, um, like, uh, illusionist slash magician? Who, like, the guy eats who eats glass. glass. Yeah. yeah, so, like, kind of referencing the eating glass <laughs> fetish, and, like... But everybody feels that. I hate that. Stop it. Oh, God. <laughs> 
I don't like it. I, I like when it, like, rubs against multiple yeah, people. Yeah, so like I want to film it, that. Like, I want to film that. And, yeah. and catch like the audio. Like a stick against a fence. It's like exactly. glass against your teeth. So, but that's something that everybody experiences. So, like, if you are pretentious, or not pretentious, and just drink out of mugs, like, you're not going to have that life experience of your teeth clacking against glass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you need bit. to go out and you need to live your life in order to come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also think, um, maybe this is, again, it could be too pretentious, but I don't care. I think a lot of facial <laughs> art... You say I'm the pretentious <laughs> I, I don't know. Sometimes I make statements, and I'm like, I don't know. But anyway, um, I think artists, too, a lot about, like, making art, and if you're really thinking about it, it's about changing the way you think about oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. about altering, like, your original perceptions of something or the way you usually think of something. And, like, it's about, like, re like like cogn- like cognitively changing the way you're thinking about something. Mm-hmm. And, like, reading and listening and mm-hmm. going out and it's being about consuming tactile. Things. Yeah, consuming, collecting. Consuming life. Yeah. Yeah, I find a lot of artists are collectors of weird yeah, shit. Yeah, collecting. You know how many collections I have? So many collections. <laughs> my, my mother is cleaning up my childhood home. I'm so sorry. And she has called me and she's like, I found a bucket just filled with glass and rocks? Like, glass beads and rocks. Yeah. And oh, yeah. like I'm big on the rocks. She's like, I found so many shells. Like there's boxes of shells. Like, oh my god, I have so doing? many shells. I have so many <laughs> shells. I have shells and beads and random you know when your necklace breaks and you can't really put it back together? Mm. So you just have like that weird thing of beads. I have a box filled with broken necklaces. Oh my god. I have a box yeah, of ancient teacups, some of which are like cracked. That's yeah. at my parents' house I have to bring here. Bring that. Okay, Yoko. I have <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're together, but they just leak really yeah. slowly. So you have to drink your tea really fast. Oh my god, <laughs> that sounds Can you amazing. Make a piece of that? That yeah, it sounds like you need to pour tea in that and have someone like try and drink it and also drink out the leaks. That'd be so yeah, funny. Be it's really slow. Like I didn't notice it for like a year. <gasps> yeah, like drink and then someone else. Yeah, that'd be that's cute. cute. That's a cute. That's couple. sexual. A little bit. Yeah, that's a little bit um, sexy. I don't know. Yeah, like I feel like. I don't know, people need to go home. And, like, experience life, like, grieve. Like, mm-hmm. fall in love, mm-hmm. fall out of love. Like, make work about your relationships, make work about your breakups, mm-hmm. make work about the deaths in your family, like, make work about being pissed off with your friend. Like, you need to go out there and live. Like, you can't just be a freaking mm-hmm. hermit. Yeah. Or, if you're a hermit, you have to make work about being a hermit and that butterfly yeah. you made friends with. Yeah. Like, that's a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, I had lifestyle's choice, too. On top, like, that is, like... Why visual artists, I think, get pigeonholed, like, in yeah. this idea of, like, oh, they're crazy eccentrics is because, like, we're always thinking about ways to rethink things. Mm-hmm. And that is why people are like, what the fuck? And that's why you get into, like, And weird, I think we like, also end up in weird spaces because we need spaces that we can destroy and cover with paint. Mm-hmm. Like, anybody who walks into our space thinks we're crazy people, but, mm-hmm. like, we just need a space that we can change and maneuver in. Yeah, and they're hard to find, too. They are so. really hard to find. So they're, like, when you find them, you're like, whoa, I haven't seen this ever before because mm-hmm. they just don't exist in the way we need them. No, well, and well, more and more people are living in cookie-cutter houses that are, like, yeah. nice and clean and crap, right? Mm-hmm. So spaces like this are becoming more and more difficult to find. And in cities, even harder. Yeah. Gentrification. Gentrification. <laughs> the G word. Not God or <laughs> glitter, but gentrification. <laughs> that glitter G is spot. God. That G oh spot. Oh, my God. Um, glitter is bad. Use non-plastic glitter. What? (laughs) Preach it, girl. Lush uses sand-based or Um, seaweed-based glitter. (laughs) Nothing is plastic. It's all biodegradable. Um, Well, I think we've, like, really concluded on, like, you know, what, like, how we value, like, like an artist. Like, I don't know, Mm. like, or, like, at least what we think is, like, I don't know, like, a, a way of art making that like really like gives us a good 
standing or mm-hmm. like a good reputation I think like we hope that all artists are like that mm-hmm. I think in a way um do you think those are the artists that are successful like the artists that have a good reputation as a persona wise? and as like the art that they make no I mean like this way of that we're describing art making where you're you know really finding what it is mm. that you're interested oh, your in shit, your, your kink use, yeah like yeah. what it is that you're really invested in what you're making stuff about yeah. like do you think those artists like like if you go into a museum do you really think that those are the ones that are making up a majority of the like, I think the they are but I'm gonna be bad for a second mm-hmm. I think it's because their work is more sellable because it's easy to pigeonhole someone once they find out what their kink is mm-hmm. right ah, so, so you once think... you find what your kink is then your market your art dealer can really? market you more easily I was talking to someone and I said I don't, I don't really have I have a style but I don't really have one specific thing that I do mm-hmm. and he goes oh once you find that thing that you do it'll be way easier for you right. to be in galleries because you'll be known as that artist that does that thing mm-hmm. uh-huh. so right now I don't have that thing I'm just kind right. of me which I like existing in more, but I understand that that is what's needed in order to be successful. And you can move from thing to thing. Like Tracy Emin mm-hmm. did the sewing, and then she did the drawings. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Then now she does the tiny birds that live in Sydney. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can follow Tracy Emin's career by she changes her thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have Picasso's, like, blue period. And then his rose period. Like, you have his his thing. Right. I think those, like, I think because it's easier to find his thing, like, when it came to, like, cubism in general. Like, yeah, he had a too. style that, like, mm-hmm. very much, like, um, became, like, his personal way yeah. of, like, painting the world around him. Yeah. Um, and I think with Tracy Emin as well, like, I don't know, that one I'm, like, slightly more skeptical about thing, saying that she has her thing. I think she was known for But she for was marketable. She was marketable and known for. And I think that's mm-hmm. what makes artists successful. Yeah, I think Tracy Ellen is an interesting example because she just changes her things. No, I think she's in the middle too. Because she's like, she has a style definitely, but like I'm thinking of her the bed piece. Didn't she do a piece with the bed? Yeah, she does a lot with fabrics. That was during her time when she was doing a lot of autobiographical fabric things. That's true. But I still think her thing is like her life and confession. Oh, a hundred percent. Like she has a consistent theme. Yeah, exactly. But like, but I know. Yeah, I think if visually, if you do kind of a similar thing, then it's much easier for people to oh. understand and consume your work. Oh, 100%. As mm-hmm. a body of work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, I literally just asked Caroline this question earlier. What's David Hurst's thing? Oh, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what? Putting like, shit that's... in formaldehyde. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Damien Hurst because but... he has the new, the new piece Andrea was talking about that I haven't seen of, like... Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just paintings. It's just blobs of color, and I think he just liked. Well, he was known for the polka dots. He was known for putting shit in formaldehyde. Mm -hmm. But like, what's his? And now his thing is just spending as much fucking money money as possible Mm -hmm. as possible, and he's admitted to that. Yeah, that's his. But like, that's his kink. That's that's a terrible kink to have. Oh, it's a terrible kink. But that's what I'm saying. If we're saying that we want, like, that we think that genuine artists are being successful, do you think he's a genuine artist? I think he thinks he's a genuine artist. (laughs) So he makes up his Um, I think everybody's going to have a different perception of what a genuine artist is. I got into an internet fight with a lady... Oh, that looks shitty. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, into, pulling, I'm pulling up Damien Hurst's um, Instagram where he has some photos of the uh, paintings he's doing. That so are these are many. exactly like his dot ones, but just textured. But and te- textured, yeah. And uh, the yeah, this is him oh. doing it. Oh, it's terrible. Um, that's it. Oh, oh, he's Oh, he's it. pollocking it. He's pollocking oh, it. Oh, he's pollock now. It's just like that's great. Dots. We need another this one. This is what of it those. looks like in a gallery. I don't mind it's all these. And beautiful. But anyway, um. 
what the shit was I saying? But I think, like, it's strange that you're saying that he, like, has a thing, but, like, he's done multiple things. He's just done them a lot. Like, each thing he did a bunch of, you know? And like, he had a series for each one of these strange things. I almost wouldn't believe that these were made by the same person. Yeah, when you think of this and then the Formelderhide stuff, like... But I think he, he like, when we go back, it, some of his stuff is going to be edited out in mm-hmm. the end of our history. But I think that it's just easier... Um, for people to accept your work within a body, like right now, oh, if I'm, you have a body, of work, if you have absolutely. a body of work that functions, mm-hmm, and I yeah. think that like Martin Pierce is really frustrated with me because he goes, "I don't know what you're going to make next," and like none of this exists in a body of work. But I'm like, but right. this is my body. Basically, of work. if you're like curatable, yeah. Right? But mm-hmm. if you're curatable, actually though, yeah. mm-hmm. and people know what you're going to put in, so they can plan you for your group show. But mm-hmm. no one's going to put me in a group show that that's a year from now because Lord knows what I'm going to be making. A year yeah. From now. Um, your point was genuine artist, the fight you had. Oh, the fight that I had with the lady. So I had an internet fight. I won. <laughs> always. Fight. You always have internet fights. Okay, I won, though. <laughs> I said, quote, like, I'm, I'm sorry for bra- bursting your echo chamber. Like, you can go back to it now. Uh, but ooh. she said that, the, that video art was shit, that installation art was shit, and that painting, expressionist painting was the only way to go. And that emotion has been wiped out because of conceptual art. Yeah, it's horrible. She's a horrible, horrible lady. We have mutual friends on Facebook. My art has no emotion. Your art has no emotion. But so she, that for her, I'm not a genuine artist. Mm -hmm. I'm not a genuine artist. I am uh, a a zombie of Warhol. I am all about pop culture and pop culture has no value. I asked her. I mean, according to her, neither am I. Apparently, my work has no emotion because I make According to me, I really. Don't think she's a genuine artist. I don't see any value in her work, and I don't see it as being relevant. Mm -hmm. No, not an expressionism in general. In hers, her (laughs) expressionism is fifty years too late, done already. Mm -hmm. Her palettes are terrible. Her technique is bad. Bad. Her bad lady. Go outside. Go outside and experience things. I think the the article she sourced to was something like twenty. Okay, it was was from two thousand nine. Yeah, it was bad. This guy had been writing for the Guardian for X amount of years, and I'm like, a, it's the Guardian. B, who the hell is this guy? And what is he talking about? Yeah, this guy. He said pop culture had no value. It was, is what he said. It was basically like they didn't get that Andy Warhol when he was doing. He was yeah. A, Andy he Warhol was, was being ironic. He didn't yet. Yeah, they he, like, he thought it was genuine. Yeah. And and Andy Warhol was genuine in his sarcastic approach to pop culture. Oh yeah. That's he was he, like, he was invested. He was committed. He, he was, was like committed. pop culture is the most important thing. We need to appreciate pop culture. We can't think about it critically about maybe how it's a mass production of images that don't mean anything. He couldn't have meant that. No. That's just. He loved Marilyn Monroe. He loved, he loved Marilyn Monroe so much. <laughs> Do you know who I love right now? Poppy. Do you guys know Poppy? No. She's a musician, and her uh, director, I guess, slash, like, I don't know what musicians have sure. these days. Music that, producer? Like, I guess her producer. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who basically, like, is in charge of everything, who makes sure. all the decisions. He, like, he's a genius. Like, he's cool. hilarious. Um, he was doing this, like, thing before. That, like, the reason I knew him was because of... Um, this show slash band called Mars Argo, um, where it kind of started off kind of like, um, kind of making, poking fun at, um, 
like pop culture and sure. stuff like that and like what is popular and things like Facebook and Beyonce and Mountain Dew and Doritos. I love Mountain Dew and Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Those two together especially. Um, it's Rebecca's Friday night is Mountain Dew and Beyonce. Yo, if Beyonce there's ever Dew. been a combo, that's the one. Um, but yeah, so they, they were like very like ironic and funny and sarcastic. Um, but their music was very different and I think that's why like it didn't really like push off but Mm -hmm. when it came to poppy so he started a new project called that poppy and um it's basically poppy is like a pop icon like that is what her Mm -hmm. persona is she like she is always acting she's really constantly when it comes to on stage in interviews she's always acting she is the andy warhol of pop it's fantastic and i think like oh like if you listen to them the the poppy p-o-p-p-y um it's so funny like there's like like if you listen to some of her songs like they're all about like there's one just like about like making money and there's one about like being like being famous and like there's like if you watch a music video it has the fucking devil in it having to with her it's so strange and it's like all like and like there are so many symbols of like illuminati and it's so so hilarious and like they're definitely like making it super obvious that they're this is Complete but some people joke, don't. But then the, what made it most su- successful is that she did become very, popular. very popular. That's and now so she, she, like, won, like, a Teen Choice Award. That's like, so funny. It's hilarious. Her, I think that started off with her, with the crazy YouTube videos. Mm. He started off as a YouTuber. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been great mm, to follow. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. And, like, there's, like, this one song that's, like, Poppy, like, like, Poppy's your best friend. Poppy will break your neck. Like, oh, <laughs> like it's so fucked up. But, yeah, also, that was quite a tangent. I'm sorry mm-hmm. about no, that, but that but it was relevant. That was very relevant. Yeah. I, I, and I think, sure. and I think, like, there's something about him being genuine about, mm-hmm. like, being really ingenuine. wanting to be critical Just about genuine. this. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, having that persona and, like, yeah. Um, like becoming really a caricature for something it. bad, mm-hmm. and that yeah. was Andy Warhol. Yeah, yeah. And these people just didn't get it. They were just like, <laughs> didn't get she it. Get it. Well, oh, he just it. wrote an article without doing any research. <laughs> I was like, you know, this is a, a joke, no-no. right? <laughs> you know, this is a. Oh my no. god! <laughs> <laughs> I just, everything about it was know. so frustrating. <laughs> and then the next day, she posted this other article from like 2002 about rejecting all art after, like, 1920 or something dumb like that. Oh, wow. So I, I dropped out of that Facebook group. Right, yeah. guys, so we're not artists. We should yeah. just give up now. Turns out, contemporary art, it doesn't matter, because... She, she her, her, her final thing was, well, we'll see what the history books say. <laughs> That's such a threat. Like, she has no part she of it, sounds though. Sounds like she's gonna, like, burn some books. Like. <laughs> I think oh she's God, gonna burn actually. some books. If, yeah. Also, oh, contemporary sure. art... Is in the history. It, it's already it's already in the books. Yeah, it's already there. It's already in my <laughs> Someone already wrote book. about it. Here's a history book. Yeah. <laughs> Read it. Like, <laughs> the nineties and the eighties already happened. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, Shit. Like, oh fuck. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's not nineteen ninety anymore. Basically. And turns out it also bugs me too because like like as a like there are so many good yeah, female. Yeah, she rejected video like artists. all female art essentially. <sighs> like. Because women come over that sphere and they're like, this is ours because there's not a lot of it and we'll make it. Like, there's so many good. Yeah, like performance and video and like yeah. women like took that and were like, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck this. Do this. And then. <laughs> this is like, art. I'm not doing this as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, this like is just my life. This so many good 
female performance artist just mm-hmm. irks me in many ways. Mm-hmm. That was something I was just thinking about. Um, Chelsea and mm-hmm. her performance work. I her work is in, like incredibly genuine. Yeah. Um, and definitely very like personal, personal emotional, mm-hmm. autobiographical. Um, and like I, I feel like like me like especially like I value her work a lot and mm-hmm. I really really respect her for the stuff that she does um but at the same time I find that she also gets asked the question like how are you going to show this yeah mm-hmm. how are you going to display this how are you go- how does this fit in a gallery my, my viewpoint is like you're if you're okay if you're recording music in your home by yourself there's always the assumption that it's going to be listened to like you're creating for yourself, but for it to be consumed. Maybe mm-hmm. not by people. You can play it in the street, and there's going to be no people in the street, but it's still, like, being consumed and being put out in the world. And mm-hmm. I think asking her how she's going to put out in the world is not an unfair question. I think mm-hmm. how are you going to display this in a gallery is an unfair question. Mm-hmm. Because what if you want to put it on a billboard? What if you want to put yeah. it... And I think how are you going to display, display this is the question I ask because some things aren't meant to be in a gallery. Mm-hmm. Some things yeah. are meant to be in an artist center, in someone's home, mm-hmm. in someone's... Like, but I think that an artist owes it to the general public to it be at least consumed by yeah. another human. right. To really think about, yeah, like how it even is intentionally or unintentionally consumed mm-hmm. yeah. by another human. Yeah, if you put it on the sidewalk and no one walks by it, like you tried. Yeah, yeah. you tried. Yeah, that's my, a really my good posters point. just yeah. went up like on on like on trees on like yeah. mailboxes. And who cares on... if someone gets it? You put it out there. That's yeah. that, the action oh, and of putting it out but there. I was also like I like really thought about how I wanted it to be yeah. put out. Right, mm-hmm. and that to me was yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, if way. someone walked by and was like, what the fuck was this, and then just kept walking, that is successful. Yeah. That's, that's funny. A, oh, <laughs> that's a really good point. That's a, like, that's yeah, a honestly good. fair point. Honestly, <laughs> fair. Oh I think that's God. a really good, like, way to think about it, and that's a really good way to, like, de-stress artists while worrying, like, how your work is going to be received, because, yeah, you're right, like, it doesn't need to be displayed, like, mm, perfectly. Formally. Yeah, formally. I literally just, like, when I say I want other people to look at my art, like, I'll just put it on Instagram. Yeah. Or I'll, think, I'll show my sister's friend. Mm-hmm. I think you use it as a tool, too, to, like, figure out which way you want to go with yeah, the work. I, I think w- it's because some, yeah. Because some people will be like, I'll show someone something, and they'll be like, yo, that's a t-shirt. And I'll be like, damn, that's a t-shirt. Like, Because yeah. I hadn't thought of that before. You're banging your head against the wall thinking about this idea for weeks on end, mm-hmm. and some asshole walks into your studio and goes, this would be really good as a video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Outside opinions make so much sense, and mm-hmm. I feel like outside of the art world opinion makes way more sense because they are also approaching it I feel like children are really good for showing it too because Mm -hmm. they're approaching it from like how would this look best how would I like this Mm -hmm. they're not approaching it from an intellectual standpoint because I'm already approaching it from an intellectual standpoint Mm -hmm. so who cares about another intellectual human yeah (laughs) I also think so this is kind of side this is kind of a tangent but I, I want to talk about it too because I liked the conversation we had Rebecca got a tattoo this week and yeah. she had, we had a very nice oh we wish you could see it audio listeners <laughs> it's a patch it looks so good we'll leave a link so you can see the beautiful peach and I'm gonna feel bad but I what's her name again I forgot Odette Odette 
Beautiful name. Anyway, Adette, <laughs> we will link her in the bio. Check her out. Um, we had a great, like, I came with Rebecca because it was fun and I wanted to come. And we had a great conversation about, like, I was asking her about, like, how she got into tattooing. True. And, like, what she was into. And, like, her conversation was really cool, too, because it was, like, it was about... Like, her, she was interested in the translation of images that mm. she creates onto skin. I think she likes the skin as a medium. Like, her itself. images look the exact same from her drawings to the skin. Yeah. Because she's very, very precise. She wears a tiny little headlamp mm-hmm. when she's doing the tattoos. Yeah. Aww. And so I think, like, her work is interesting and, like, thinking about how artists want their work to be seen. Because that's a very particular sphere that she mm-hmm. wants her work to be seen in. It's a very particular medium, and it's a very particular, mm-hmm. like, way of creating. So I think that's also an interesting, like, yeah, kind for sure. of point I wanted to throw out there. was, like, and, yeah, she's just a rad lady. Rad lady. I don't know what my point was. <laughs> kind of lost on oh, a track. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway through. All right. Um... So do we want to talk about, like, what's in the warehouse, I guess? Or yeah, are we, let's are we, do it. Do what's in your warehouse, Andrea? I just reorganized my studio because I haven't been using the space in a way that made me happy with how I was using the space. And now I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I still am going to get, like, a whole new desk um, mm-hmm. to stuff in the corner mm-hmm. um but caroline gave me a beautiful couch mm-hmm. that was missing a cushion the couch, <laughs> the couch goddess gave me a couch without mm-hmm. a cushion and i had a cushion to fill up the couch yeah. without a cushion so i put my cushion in the couch and now i have a couch with a cushion this is very yeah. sexual <laughs> cushion for the cushion <laughs> oh boy i didn't mean um, it like that it's, it's an actual couch i'm speaking very literally right now um <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry if I made you uncomfortable. No, that's okay. I loved it. I loved um, it. But yeah, I know it's uh, definitely been a more open space, mm-hmm. um, more accessible space. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, there's that going on. Um, we've got the uh, mannequin hand. Oh, the house. mannequin hand. <laughs> I high five it every morning. Oh, thank you so much. I'm. Sh- it actually really appreciates the Andrea's like mannequin hand is placed like so it's jutting out into the hallway, but like it's perfect height. So if I just like stretch my hand up kind of comfortably, yeah. I can high five it exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, as you would high five a full wall. Yeah, mm-hmm. as you would high five like a, and a really, seven foot tall person. Yeah. like the arm itself is like bent. So really, all I did was. Um, position the mannequin arm so that the elbow part, like the inner elbow, is resting on the edge. So it it's does so look funny. like an arm's reaching <laughs> over the wall. Yeah, it's creepy. And putting its hand out to be high fived. Um, and then if you continue down the hallway, yeah, you I was will gonna found, say, you'll find a beautiful butt. Um, and what does the butt have on it, Andrea? Uh, the butt has some lovely hand marks on it. <laughs> someone went and touched the butt. Courtesy so, of Samantha, Samantha Jones. Jones. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it was Sam. Well, it's covered in charcoal. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Sam. Also, this joke is delayed, but I don't care if I'm saying it. Every morning, Rebecca high five Slenderman. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's my joke. I had to say it. That's a good oh, one. That is my joke because... Anyway, um, <laughs> that is my that joke. is my joke. I'm not what's, proud of what's it. What's in but... your warehouse, Caroline? <laughs> um, I got I moved. Um, I had this desk that I or a table that I got like months and months and months ago, and I was like, eh, I'm too lazy. I'm mm. not gonna move this table. Like it'll be fine. And then the other day, I was like, you know what? It's not gonna be fine. I need this table. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, because I'm doing some sewing. I'm working on making another couch monster baby. Couch monster baby. I think they're gonna be twins. Oh man, yeah, so that's happening. So then I have like my desk, and then I so, like organize a bunch of stuff around. Well, a desk, it's like a table, and I put all this stuff on the table. So now the studio is like 
Like I got so it much looks space. So big now. It mm-hmm. looks huge, and I'm like, especially with the couch you just yeah, came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only one couch, and now I'm like, I don't know what to do. I guess I'm gonna have to fill it, it with again. Yeah. Art. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Again. Ew. Again. Art. 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 And we were also talking about. Um, we do have the other little like closet space, like detached from our warehouse yeah. upstairs. I thought we were gonna turn that into a couch. I am saying we got to turn it into a gallery. Yeah, so. so if you want to um, have, if if you have pieces of work and you'd like us to curate your work into a little exhibition. We'll give you, we should do only solo shows in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking that there should be only solo visitors in there. Oh. That it is we a lock gallery. people in the room and they <laughs> yeah. can't come out. <laughs> no, listen, no. Jesus Christ, Rebecca, you don't need to lock them. You, you just, it has to be the person going in to experience the work one at a time. Mm, well, no so one comes there's... to visit us, so that's how it's going to be experienced. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our okay. opening day, two, two people show two up. real, Rebecca. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a conceptual decision, not because we don't have I keep forgetting people. about that room because it's not attached to our yeah. space. Yeah, but it, it's our space. Break into it. We we there's it. totally still versus shit in there. That they oh, we're going to take it you out. You don't know where it is? No, let's go it's, find it. It's oh through the woodshop door up the stairs. Do you want to go find it today? You guys can go find it today. I have to go oh to the God. play. Oh, yeah, you're What's right. What's your play about? Tell us about your play, Rebecca. I don't know. <laughs> it's my it's my partner's um, friend's play, mm. and she's in it. So yeah. I'm going to go see it, because every time we go, oh, my What's in the Warehouse is wasn't in the warehouse. But I went to go see uh, Salui Kitom, or like He Who Falls, at um, the, the theater on oh, Front yeah. Street, mm-hmm. and it was so beautiful. The whole stage um, c- drops down, and the dancers and actors are on top of the stage and there's oh no dialogue in it and then the stage goes on to like this weird pivoting platform and then it pivots and there are ropes on it sometimes and mm-hmm. then it goes back up and then the people take away the platform underneath it and they dance underneath the thing and Sorry. it becomes a swing and they swing back and forth if you ever have a chance to go see uh, Slaviki Tome like go see it it's by this one cure, um, choreographer who does like a whole bunch of really cool shit um, I'll put the link in the show notes like he did this one piece where it was this staircase that like spun on this platform and in the mm-hmm. middle of the platform there's a trampoline mm-hmm. and someone would walk up the staircase fall off the staircase and use the trampoline to bounce back just a yeah. little bit below where he was oh my god you've seen his thing. shit before I this I think he was on like a show on, oh, like, on TV like yeah, they he's went, really famous they went on to like some sort of talent show like one of the like yeah. generic like Britain's Got Talent or America's Got Talent oh, or whatever. Maybe. And they had this one where it was like, it was like, and like the, the stage was made so that it was like a semicircle. Mm. So it would tilt back and forth. Like they would put, use their weight to move it back and forth yeah. and they'd be flipping off of it. It was crazy. It yeah. Was but insane. so, um, it was just amazing to go see that and yeah, like see so different cool. performances. Um, yeah, ever since I started dating an actor, I've seen some weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I've seen some weird shit. And hopefully we... it'll inspire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, now I want to go to Burning Man, because we went to this monologue that just <laughs> talked about good. how dope Burning Man was. <laughs> That's good. Burning Man would be so rad. Um, also wanted to talk about, pretty briefly, that the Beaver Hall show we went to see. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. It was super good. It was awesome. We saw Dave Diamond and Rula Parthenu mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we caught up with them. Yeah. Um, but the, it was really funny, because the artist that Sam walked in and made friends with was Rula's friend. Oh, really? Yeah, that was Rula's friend who she was going to go see. So we went to go see the OCAD sculpture thesis. Yeah. And it was at Beaver Hall at 401 Richmond and some other location that we didn't... No, the 401 Richmond was different. No, that was the same people. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was different. No, it's not different. It's, it's, um, so there was, we went, uh, the one in Beaver Hall was the sculpture people. The one in, um... 
the idea. one in 401 Richmond was like the drawing printmaking class mm-hmm. or maybe it was oh, just a printmaking class and then there that. was a, a mold a casting class that someone was talking about but it was far further away oh my so God, it was all the thesis that. projects of all vocad so it was really cool. awesome yeah. yeah there were some pieces that were like and then some places that were really, really good. You saw, like, the strong artists. And, and it was mm-hmm. nice. I was talking to Rula, and she was saying, like, it's really good that you're seeing artists that are your age and mm-hmm. at your level. Like, this is really awesome. Like, how'd you find out about this? Yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. ta- told Rula about how you can use Facebook to find artists. <laughs> oh. No, she knew about that. But she's like, oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, she was just talking about, like, seeing people at your career level is just really important. Mm-hmm. And it keeps you motivated, and it keeps you in tune with what's happening at your level because everyone's there's a generational gap sometimes Mm -hmm. like there are some artists who are emerging like us that are older but they kind of like are consuming the same um theory and shit right Mm -hmm. so it's a generational gap not in pop culture but maybe in theory (laughs) and it also makes like art making like very much like in reality to Mm -hmm. yourself exactly yeah yeah yeah, and you're making awesome. art in response to other people's art and understanding what mm-hmm. other people are making at the same time. Because mm-hmm. it's so depressing going to establish people's shows, <laughs> like going to Yale because I'm depressing show, as an unaccomplished artist, un- unaccomplishable <laughs> <laughs> as myself as an artist. Right? Very yeah, true. things that are super scaled up. You're like, oh my yeah, exactly. God. You're like, oh yeah. shit, I'm never gonna have the resources for that. And then you just cry for twenty minutes. Yeah. A little bit. Um, but speaking of shows that you can be a part of as an emerging artist. <laughs> yeah. I was going to I was gonna plug it and I forgot. Plug it. Mm-hmm. If you're an emerging artist listening to this podcast and you'd like to make And you're some, living in the GTA. And you're living in the GTA. And you'd <laughs> like to make some work in a cool space with some cool folks. And you want to make an installation. Mm-hmm. Hit us up. We have an event. It's called Wear Home. Because Way Home isn't happening. So we're doing it the weekend of Way Home. Yeah. Because yep. Caroline thinks she's funny. <laughs> It's, I am funny. It's fucking hilarious. Did you guys hear how bad my Slenderman joke was? Did oh you hear how goodness. bad that bombed? I'm very funny. Um, yeah, the due date is uh, March 15th, but it may uh, be... We're going to be we're gonna extending, extending it. it. Yeah. And so please send us an email if you're interested. There's going to be uh, days for installation, and there's going to be a party at the end, an opening And there's going to be a jazz band at there's our... Gonna be a at at our party. Nice. Possibly two yes. bands. Two, yeah. Possibly two I, bands. I know a uh, folk slash uh, rock band. Oh, I know that mm. band that you know. Oh, yeah, that's the band I know. I can yeah, ask them to... To be named later. <laughs> if... We're not gonna... We don't want... We don't want to get anybody. But there is there. for sure gonna be a jazz band. Yes, definitely okay, a jazz cool. band. And um, if you guys have any questions or want to suggest anything for the event, if you want to come, if you want to... Do be anything. part of it if you want to help out. Yeah, if you, you just want, want to ask us questions. Yeah, if you want to serve drinks, if you want to make sandwiches, if you want to come visit us, if you want a solo show in our soon-to-be gallery, <laughs> yeah. if you want to interview us and like hire us, yeah. if you want to, if you want to like put our stuff in like other places, that's cool too. Um, Damien Hurst, if you're listening to this, I actually love you. I'd love some money. Um, <laughs> we can be your next really expensive project. Yeah, <laughs> come turn our warehouse into a gaudy, tacky thing covered in gold. I don't care. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, tear it apart. Kill this back up. Oh, my (laughs) God. Okay, I have to go to my show, kids. We gotta wrap this up. All right. Well, I guess that's... Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming. And I guess we will do the credits, kind of. We kind of have credits. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll do it, because you did it last week. Cool. Well, this has been the Honestly Fair podcast. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Caroline. And I'm Andrea. Woo! And uh, this podcast was produced by me, Caroline, 
and Andrea. <laughs> wow. This podcast is sometimes edited by Andrea yeah. and sometimes, sometimes edited by me. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, you can hit us up on Patreon if you feel like throwing a couple bucks our way. Mm-hmm. And um, hi, Mom. Uh, see you later, kids. You want to do a sign-off, Andrea? Yeah.